But the good thing is God is still telling all of us, whatever you pray for, I'm still taking care of you. You still got food on the table. You still got clothes on your back. You still got transportation. So apparently what you was praying for, my grace was still efficient, sufficient for you. His grace was still efficient. He's still keeping you. He's still, even though you may say, well, Brother Winston, my health is not all that good, but he's still allowing you to feel pain, right? Amen. And I, I forgot to tell you my name. My name is Brother Winston. You don't need to know my first name. You don't need to know my last name. Winston means friendly town. I believe God called me to take back towns and communities for himself. You don't need to know the title. You don't need to know my degrees behind my name. You don't need to know all that because brother means that I'm your brother and I'm a friend to humanity, to the community. So that's what I just call myself. My street name is Brother Winston. You don't need to know in 1995, I went to the Harvard Seminary and got my black certificate, ministry certificate. You don't need to know in 1988 and 87, I was in East St. Louis at Alabama A&M doing missionary work in the community, a, a, a community that was bankrupt, disrupted. You don't need to know all that. You don't need to know my title, my brothers and sisters. All you need to know, I'm your brother. If you know that I'm your brother, we okay, amen? I want to um, share with you, my brothers, some types of prayers. As you know, when we pray, there's, there's various types of prayers. For example, thanksgiving, the outpouring of gratitude to God because of his grace, mercy, and love and kindness. Now, when we pray and we have a whole bunch of prayer groups, a prayer warrior and a prayer ministry here, um, sometimes I just say, Lord, thank you for my family. Thank you for my transportation. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for a job to go to. Thank you, Father, for my hard times and my struggles. Because if I didn't have those hard times and struggles, I would not be praying on my knees. Another portion of what you can include in your prayer is submission. Yes, submission. Sometimes we don't want to submit to anybody. Husbands don't want to submit to wives. Wives don't want to submit to husbands. Children don't want to sit and submit to their parents. Even the dog or cat don't want to submit to their owners. Submission as a man or woman abandon his or her own desires, he or she surrenders his or her will to God's will. And that song that says, I surrender, I surrender all to Jesus. And later on, we're gonna close out with that song. And another portion of your prayer, I'm not saying you have to use all of these while you pray. Confession, confession is so important. Confession as a sinful man or woman, I'm including everybody acknowledges his or her guilty disobedience, asking God for forgiveness of wrongdoings, confession. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man is a veil of much, but you gotta confess your sins one another to one another. And the last thing I wanna mention is intercession. This is very important too. Praying on behalf of someone else, and we do that a lot at our church. You may be praying for your family, your children, praying for your adult children, your grandkids, praying for this community, praying for our church, praying for our bishop, praying for um, the community, praying for the um, president and the government, praying for just so many things that we can pray for today because so much stuff is happening. Amen? In Stephen Farrell's book, Point Man, How a Man Can Lead His Family in chapter six, 
he talks about aerobic kneeling on page 129. He states that prayer is to the soul what exercise is to the body. A spiritual self-starter is a man or woman who, who is in good spiritual shape. That means he or she does two things, my brothers and sisters. Number one, he, he or she consistently eats the nutritious diet of the scriptures, the word of God. Number two, he or she consistently, notice I'm saying consistently, not Brother Winston, one time I prayed, one time I, I did this. I'm saying consistently um, spends time in aerobic kneeling. He calls it aerobic kneeling. Our, my grandmother and my mother would saw getting on your knees and praying. You should have a spot at your house that is uh, marked that because you've been praying, you have a certain spot in your house because you've been praying to God. Or you may have a secret place where you pray to God. Um, so he called it aerobic prayer. And I just say, like grandma said, go and pray, go and pray on your knees and pray that God will send you and send you to things. But my brothers and sisters, the million dollar question today is how effective is your prayer life? I said the million dollar question is how effective is your prayer life? Now I'm not talking about Brother Winston, oh I pray all the time, I pray a lot, I pray real loud. How effective is your prayer life? I'm not talking about how long you pray, how many words you use when you pray, because you remember when the, um, the criminals were, were on the cross, he just said, remember me Lord, and Jesus said today I will see you in paradise. So I'm not talking about how long you pray. On the scale of one to 10, how effective is your prayer life? Meaning that when you pray, things happen, and more importantly, you may have to wait and still trust God. So just somebody quickly on the scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest that you are, you're really effective in your prayer life. Somebody quickly, uh, Deaconess, Deaconess um, Wiggins, how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to um, 10? How effective is your prayer life? Nine, anybody way down there, Sister um, Joanne? How effective is your prayer life? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, what do you say? Nine, eight or nine, wow, okay, I'm gonna be calling you more since I know you're here. So I'm, I'm going to ask the bishop because you always want to say, how about the bishop? How effective? He, he gets God's word out. So bishop, how about you on the scale of one to nine? Or one to ten, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was smart. He was smart not to give a number. He just said just pretty effective because it really, you're just really basically trying to evaluate yourself. I'm not saying that you, you, you know, it, it's really just a self-evaluation. Now, my brothers and sisters, we are ready to dive into the scriptures. Again, the, the um, subject is the power of prayer, being persistent in prayer. And I asked um, Elder um, Short to read the scriptures for me, um, which is coming from Luke, the 18th chapter, one through eight verses. And you all can stand as the word is being read. Luke 18, <clears throat> verses one through eight the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge, one who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. 
For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Mm. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Mm. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Thank you, um, Minister. Um, um, and you know, one translation says, this lady is driving me crazy. I better help her out. In Luke 18, one to, five, one to five verses, Jesus was telling his disciples a story to show, to show that they should always pray and never give up. In 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse, um, the NIV saying, pray continually. And the King James Version says, pray without what? Ceasing. A widow, a person whose husband had died, was asking and seeking justice because someone had wronged her. The Bible necessarily didn't say that who, who wronged her or what they did to her. I know some translations said that um, they were her adversary. This judge did not fear God, nor was, nor was he compassionate or like people. Can you imagine that? This judge did not fear God nor did he like people. How many of you all know, unlike this judge, God is very concerned about the widows, the orphans, the fatherless, the foreigners, those who are poor, weak, sick, and those who are in jails and in prisons. Amen? This ungodly judge finally gave in to this widow's request and decided to help her because of her persistent. Remember I said the subject is the power of prayer being persistent in your prayer. So this widow was very persistent and so God, and she kept coming to him for help. When King Jehoshaphat was appointing judges, he, he reminded them of the type of justice that they were supposed to render in 2 Chronicles, the 19th chapter, the 6th through the 7th verses, reading from the NIV. He told, them, consider, he, he told them, consider carefully what you do, because you are not judging for man, but for the Lord, and this is in capital, L-O-R-D, the Lord, who is with you whenever you will, you will give a verdict. In verse 7, now let the fear of the L-O-R-D, capital Lord Almighty, be upon you. Judge carefully, for with the Lord our God, there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. Let me say that again. For with our Lord, our God, there is no injustice or impartiality or bribery. Amen? Y'all getting quiet on me now. Too many of us have not received justice from this criminal justice system far too long. An injustice system where blacks make up 12% of the U.S. population but represent 50% of those incarcerated, 40% of those 
with um, death sentences. One third of African American population between the ages of 20 to 29 are either in jail, on probation, or on parole. One in three black male babies will experience incarceration. 23 states have no minimum age for which children can be tried as adults. Alabama has the most juveniles sentenced to death. Connecticut, Minnesota, New Jersey have the highest rate of black and white incarceration rates. Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, and South Carolina have the lowest now, but back in the day, they didn't have the lowest. Amen? In, 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 in an injustice system, where in our lifetime, in Bessemer, Alabama, Anthony Ray Hinton, the author of The Sun Does Shine, I have found life and freedom from death row, spent nearly 30 years on death row as an innocent man. And in, in an injustice system where even I, Brother Winston, experienced injustice injustices when trying to fulfill his civic duty to serve on a jury for a murderer trial just several years ago. Needless to say, I was turned down and spent, sent home as the prosecutor did not want to select me, even though I was well qualified and swore that I would tell the truth, nothing but the truth, and be honest and be objective. These and a million more reasons why we, the people, we, the church, we, the community, must remain awoke and be involved. So on Saturday, October the 27th, 2018, Shiloh Prison Ministry will present its eighth community prison awareness prevention gathering. <laughs> Amen. Right here in the Family um, Life Center, the doors will open at 8 o'clock. Amen. And the conference will begin at 9 o'clock to 2.30 p.m. Our theme this year is, how can we reform the bail and jury selection systems? How can we reform the jail and the, I'm sorry, the bail and jury selection systems? We will also learn how to exercise the power of voting and activism in order to be heard and improve our outcomes for everyone in the community. At 9.45 to 12 o'clock, we will have workshops for all ages, followed by a free lunch, somebody say a free community lunch, a performance by God's Army, then awarding of the 2018 Community Service Award, followed by a panel discussion. We will have guests coming from throughout the state of Connecticut, from Greenwich, all the way from New Haven, from Hartford to Willimantic and Southeastern Connecticut. You want to be here this Saturday. And that's a shameless plug, so let's get back into the text now. <laughs> Amen. Bishop said, I can do what, I, what I, he want me to do. He said, for 45 minutes. So you got for 45 minutes. I don't know when I have this opportunity again. <laughs> Back to the text. In Luke 18, 6-7, Jesus called him an unjust judge. 
God has always been a God of love and justice. Let me say that again. God has always been a God of love and justice. Don't tell me you have religion when you can't love people. Don't tell me you have religion when you when you don't have no justice, when you don't have no mercy for somebody. I don't care who it is. And more importantly, it has to start with our families. God will not ignore his children, my brothers and sisters. When they call on him, he will avenge or take care of them and who mess with us. The Bible says he will take care of them quickly. Let us, let God fight for you, my sisters and brothers. Let God fight your battles. You don't have to worry about what they did to you. Amen? And that's why the Bible says in James 4, 6, God opposes or resists the proud, but he gives grace to the who? To the humble. The NLT Study Bible on page 1744 says, God who loves both people and justice answer our prayers. Let me say that again. God who loves both people and justice answer our prayers. The NLT Study Bible also says, believers can face trials and, per and persevere through persistent prayer. Believers can face trials and persevere through persistent prayer. In Hebrews 4.16, the NIV states, let us then go approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen? My question for you, my brothers and sisters, do you have the faith that your prayers will be answered in God's own time? I said, do you have the faith that your prayers can be answered in God's own time? I have a witness, Abraham and Sarah. The Bible said that Sarah laughed, and Sarah said, I didn't laugh. But then Abraham was 100 years old when he gave birth to Isaac. There's many witnesses in the Bible, so it doesn't matter how long it takes, my brothers and sisters. Like I said earlier, I've been praying for certain, some things for years and it's still not happened, but it's not, it's not when it happens. Can you remain faithful? Do you have enough faith and believe that God is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him? That's the, that's the question right there, my brothers and sisters. Will you have faith and do you believe that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him? When I say diligent, just like you seek your TV shows diligently, when you see the empire or whatever's coming on, the stars or whatever, you diligently watch those shows. And so as the world turn or whatever, the, uh, the other world, we have to diligently seek God. When you don't feel like doing the right thing, when you got to go into prison yesterday, and when you're at the prison yesterday at 9 o'clock and you get home, you have to diligent be about your God's business, regardless of if anybody giving you credit for anything. Amen? So my question again is, what do you have need of today? What or what or what, I'm sorry, who or what thing is bothering you? What are you worried about? In our text today, the widow was seeking justice because somebody had wronged her. She was already ahead of the Me Too movement. She was already ahead of the Black Lives Matter movement. She was already ahead of the student movement who wanted safety in their schools, who, who, don't want, who, who didn't want violence in their school. She was already in line. She said, me too. And at that time, she was a widow. 
God used this text just to let people know that even a widow who was so vulnerable to be killed, to be raped, to be hurt, to be whatever, and then with our little problem, we can't worry about, worry about what our little problems that we have in the United States. Wait till you go without food a whole week. Wait till you have no job or have no income coming into you. Even in Connecticut, I mean, in the United States, we could, um, we have assistance. Um, we, we, can, we can get on the, some assistance or welfare or whatever, and we can live very well where other places don't have what we have. Um, and we, we should be very grateful. Because of faith and prayer, in Matthew 9, 28 and 30, Jesus said to the blind men, do you believe that I'm able to do this according to your faith? It will be done to you. In verse 30, this sight was restored. Because of the power of faith and prayer, in Matthew the 15th chapter the 28th, Jesus said to the Canaanite woman, woman, you have great faith and your request is regranted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Amen? So you may say, Brother Winston, or let me just say this. Um, I want to share with you some effective ingredients for an effective prayer life. Um, during the holidays is coming up. Only thing I do, I can bake um, sweet potato pie. I call that tater pie. I'm from uh, Alabama. My family is from Birmingham, Alabama. So, you know, in, in baking a sweet potato pie, what you need, nutmeg, you need cinnamon, you need, um, what, say, say, come on, help me. What, what you, now, you want regular butter or, or that other type of butter? Real butter, right? <laughs> you want real butter? Because this is just a special occasion, right? Uh, what, what you say, my Sidori, sister Doris, what you say? I, I use nutmeg and cinnamon, and then you want that, um, who, who used low-fat milk? A canned milk, or we call it pet milk, or, or, or carnation milk. And so you, and then you put the eggs. You got to put the eggs in there, and then you, in this way, you have. You also put now you have white sugar and brown sugar. They all come together this time for that for that sweet potato potato pie, right? So, so the brown and the white sugar come together because you have to have brown sugar and put in the in the other sugar, and you mix it all up, right? And then maybe you can have um, B. Smith. Um, um, what you call it, the B. Smith um, huh? pie crust. Or some of y'all maybe can make your, anybody make pie crust? Because I'm going to see you for the holiday. Who make, who, um, you make your own pie crust. Amen. So the ingredients to um, an effective prayer life, I want to share a few of these with you today. Amen. Number one, patience, persistence, and perseverance. Somebody quickly stand up and read Matthew 7, 7 to 8. That's the act, seek, and knock. Patience, persistence, and perseverance. Somebody stand up and read that right quick. Remember I said I'm going to get you all involved. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Yes, sir. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Come on knock, now. and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And notice that Jesus said all of these things. The second thing in this ingredient as we make this sweet potato pie, um, learning how to forgive, learning how to forgive. Mark the 11th chapter, 
25 through 26 verses. Somebody over here stand up. Sister Barbara, I'm going to call on you. Stand up and read, um, or somebody please, um, Mark, the 11th chapter, 25 to 26 verses. Learning how to forgive. Learning how to forgive. Thank you. Thank you. 11, 25 and 26. Mark 11 chapter 25 to 26. Mark 11. Wait a minute. I have Matthew. I'm so sorry. I'm Mark so the 11 sorry. chapter 25 to 26. I got it. I got it. Take you a minute. If you have fought against any. Come on any, now. I don't even have to read it because I know it. If you have fought against any, you have to forgive for your Father in heaven to forgive you. That's my paraphrase, but that's it. Amen. If you have Amen. fought against any, any, not just some, any, let me be quiet. You have to forgive. Yeah, and so the Bible, you're right, so the Bible says, Jesus said that whenever you, you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him or her, for your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. And that verse six, that six, 26 says, but if you do not forgive, I'm sorry, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses or your sins. Another ingredient I want to add to this um, sweet potato pie is practice the golden rule. Practice the golden rule. Somebody please read Matthew 7, 12. Again, Jesus said these things. If Jesus is telling us this is how we should pray, this is how we should live, then I think we should, we should honor and we should take note. Sister Barbara? Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Amen. Amen. And the last thing I want to include in this um, sweet potato pie is having faith. Having faith. Somebody read James 1, 5 through 8. Having faith. Having faith. Somebody quickly read James 1, 5 to 8. Having faith. Yes, sir. James 5, 1 to 8. Go ahead, Deacon. Sir? Yes, I'm sorry, James 1, 5 to 8. Go ahead, Sister Connie. James 1, 5 to 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Keep going, to, read up to um, 8, verse okay, 8. Okay. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Amen. And I'll, and I'll add, he or she may be a double-minded person, unstable in all their ways. Um, so you may say, Brother Winston, okay, you told me about the power of prayer, faith in prayer, and the, how, have, how to have an effective life in prayer. So how can I basically apply this to my life? Like Bishop said, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so number one, make a prayer list and pray each day for these things. It could be five things, it could be however many things you want, and you're gonna write it down on a sticky note or somewhere. Cross off and write down the date when God answered your prayers. Number three, use God's word for your specific needs. 
read, memorize those scriptures as you pray and post them to your, in your view um, so that you can see them several times a day. You can even put them in your pocket when you go to work or when you put them in, the, in your bathroom and your, on your kitchen table. Number four, when you're stuck and when it seems like nothing is happening, be patient, stop talking, start praising God as he knows best for you. Listen to God's voice. Be patient, wait as long as you have to wait. Again, you may say, Brother Winston, I prayed this request. How long I got to wait? Keep waiting until God says so. How long do I have to wait for a husband or wife? Keep waiting until God says so. How long when we're, you know, this enemy will leave me alone, this bad boss or whatever, when nobody respect me, when I'm in the church, I don't feel appreciated. How long do I have to keep taking this? Keep on waiting, keep on praying. So remember that God will be, say God's will be done for you. And like that song, that theme of this song, it is well with my soul. And as we end, we, when we get ready to end, we're gonna say, I'll surrender all to Jesus. We're gonna say that stanza and read that. And the, the fifth thing, my brothers and sisters, sometimes you have to have fasted and praying. Giving up something for a period of time, like a meal, not watching TV and oh yes, put those cell phones away. Put those cell phones away. Me personally, I keep my cell phone locked up in the car. I, I thank God I got a cell phone, Joanne, now. <laughs> I have a cell phone, I can't even read it, it's so cheap and so, it's a straight talk from um, um, Walmart. I can't, it's hard to read outside. When I'm outside, I can't even read the thing. But, but I'm gonna get an iPhone. It's funny, my jobs, we all got iPhones now. I'm like, I like this. But, and I, and I believe in technology. I have, I have a Facebook. MySpace, space, MySpace. I believe in technology. I use technology to do my work, my ministry. But, but we are so we are so emished in this 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 monster. You know we, that we live by it. our children and some of us live by it, and we can't turn it off. And, and we we are we are addicted to this new this new thing right here, which is another thing you got to put on your prayer list now. Lord, get me addicted. When my computer broke down last week, it's funny how things happen to us, Bishop. My computer broke down, so I had to take it to the shop. And here I'm in the midst of preparing for the conference. Here I'm in the midst, and I lost my whole hard drive. They couldn't restore my whole, I got a brand new hard drive. So all that work I've been doing for years has is, is been lost. But thank God some other time ago, I did save some of them on the file. But this presentation, all those presentations that I do, they've been lost. But thank God I have written material that I kept and saved. But so, so pray and fast, put away some of that stuff. And again, you may have to wait again. I just wanted to share with you before we do prayer, we're gonna, and, and momentarily we're gonna actually do prayer together, amen? In Maya Angelou's book, Celebrations of Rituals, Peace, and Prayer, on page 101, she actually wrote a prayer, entitled Prayer. Father, Mother God, thank you for your presence during the hard, mean days. For then we, we have you and lean upon. Thank you for your presence during, during bright and sunny days. For then we share that which we have with those who have less. And thank you for your presence during the holy days. For then we are able to celebrate you and our families and our friends. 
for those who have no voice, we ask you to speak. For those who feel unworthy, we ask you to pour your love out in waterfalls, waterfalls of tenderness. For those who live in pain, we ask you to bathe them in the river of your healing. For those who are lonely, we ask you to keep them company. For those who are depressed, we ask you to shower upon them in light of hope. Dear creator, you, the borderless sea of substance, we ask you to give all the world that which we need most. Peace, amen. Give God a hand praise. So, so like I said, prayer is something you got to do. And so as the choir, or as my brother, um, and some, he may not know the song, but it's, um, um, I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender all to Jesus. It's on hymn number 227. And so what we're going to do, and I have found this to be very effective. I did it yesterday at the prison, and I did it at the other prison in the in the. So what you're going to do, you're going to get a partner for one minute each. You're going to say what you want me to pray for you for. And you're going to pray for that person. And then one more minute, you're going to turn back. What do you want me to pray for you for? And you're going to pray for just two minutes. And while we sing, those who sing, so get a partner. Don't be afraid. This is so important. My brothers, we have to exercise our faith by praying for one another, even in our church. So we're going to sing, and the others can sing, because I surrender all. It goes like this. We're going to sing the first and fourth stanza. All to Jesus, I surrender all to him. I freely give, I will ever love and trust him. In his presence, daily live. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy power and let thy blessings fall on me.